Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. listening to the Satellite Sisters News Talk and Laugh. We tackle the world one cup of coffee at a time. We are so happy to be with you today. I'm Leon Dolan in Pasadena, California. Happy to be here with my sisters, Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas, and Liz Dolan in Santa Monica, California. Hey, sisters. Hey, how you doing, Leon? How hey, you doing, Julie? Fantastic. Hey, can I just take a moment here? Because I would like to reintroduce us, Leon. <laughs> okay. You know why? Because I know, I know we have spent decades together mm-hmm. as a family, but I've noticed we have so many new listeners. Our download numbers have increased a lot over the course of the summer and the fall. Our Twitter followers, there are people on our Facebook group that don't really know the Satellite Sisters' mm-hmm. backstory and why we love doing this as much as we do. Because, you know, we're here for the love, right? We're here. <laughs> We, we're, right, Sister Liz. we're here because we're tackling the world one cup of coffee at a time, which is because we care, right? So I just want to say, I, I want to do a little thumbnail for those of you that may be getting on the Satellite Sisters bandwagon for the first time or even the 10th time, and you haven't quite pieced together the pieces. Here's how we roll, okay? We, Julie Dolan is in Dallas, Texas. Julie, you don't mind us explaining that you are the oldest sister, but we prefer to just call Julie the classic sister. Yes. Right? That's so kind of you, Liz, but it's true. I I am the most traditional of the five sisters, and so I like the title classic. So Julie (laughs) is the classic sister. She has lived all over the world. If you listen to some of our old podcasts that are all on iTunes, you'll hear her when she was living in Moscow or living in uh, in Bangkok. Julie is an empty nester, so she's got a lot of interests, and you're out in the world doing quite a bit, Julie. So good for you. <laughs> Thanks, Liz. <laughs> All right. Leon uh, is the youngest of the sisters. Now, Leon, you have younger kids, um, but you are also a novelist and a columnist. Congratulations, by the way, your brand new column in Pasadena Magazine. I hear it's quite the hit. It is, Liz. It's called Very Pasadena. And I'm really happy to be back in the magazine business again, because you know how much I love magazines. And I yes. feel like it is my mission. <laughs> Uh, to save the magazine business. Just one purchase at a time. (laughs) Okay. All right. Nice. And you had a best-selling novel this summer, so we should just mention that. Elizabeth, the first wife, it's still out there, people. It's just as funny as it was when it came out in May. Um, And I liked the bit of casting you were doing this week on our Facebook group, the... uh, who the various roles would be played by uh, once that gets turned into a movie. So, Leon is the youngest sister. I'm a middle sister. My name is Liz Dolan. I live in Santa Monica. I have a job that takes me kind of all over the place uh, in marketing. Um, I'm single, but I, I do have the world's most adorable dog, which I think yeah. even my even my dog sisters would agree that my dog is the cutest, right? Yes, you win cutest. Yes. <laughs> Um, so those are the, where are your core sisters? Where are your three sisters that you're going to hear today? And then occasionally our sister Monica, uh, who is a nurse in Portland, Oregon, or Sheila, who is a teacher in Pasadena, California, they will call in and contribute. They have very busy lives, so they're not always with us. And as you can hear, they are not with us today. 
And Sheila, for those of you who are longtime listeners, you know that Sheila has what we call connectivity issues, <laughs> which is, you know, it sort of covers a wide variety of technical <laughs> limitations. <laughs> emotional limitations. Psychological. <laughs> yes. So, so here we are. It's Leon, it's Julie, and it's me for today. So welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood, all of you who are new listeners. Yes. Well done, Liz. Well done. You can always go to SatelliteSisters.com for a lot more information on us and the show. But we're happy that you're here. And thanks to our Satellite Sisterhood for doing such a fantastic job spreading the word about the podcast and the twice-a-week shows. Uh, we have a full show today, so we can't take up any more time talking about ourselves because we have a lot to cover, Satellite sisters. Okay, coming up on the show today, we're going to take a quiz from oh, the Oprah magazine. I can't wait. Your worry set point. What mm-hmm. is your worry set point? Liz is going to quiz us. Also, Cranky Mom is making an appearance, so stay tuned for that. Julie has her weekly picks and pans, and I have a few to add. And then we have a social media roundup on Satellite Sisters. But first, the breaking news. It is Nobel Prize week. It's so exciting. Uh, I did not get a call. Liz, Julie, <laughs> any calls from Sweden for you guys? No, I kept watching for that Sweden, the the Stockholm area code, Leon, you know, on the uh, caller ID, but nope, nothing on my end. Yeah, I mean, this is really the sad thing is that we, every year, we think that there's a chance that we're actually going to win. (laughs) Isn't it? I mean, there is some sense of anticipation this time of year. I don't know why, but I am actually sisters here in Dallas. I am very busy composing my letter to the Nobel Peace Prize Committee. You know, this year they awarded it to the Organization for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons. Seems like a fine organization. They have they have plenty to do in the world. But how they could not have given the award this year to Malala, okay? How she did not win the Nobel Peace Prize. Of course, I'm talking about the 16-year-old Pakistani schoolgirl turned peace activist. You know, she last year, she was shot in the head and neck by the Taliban gunmen who, who came onto her school bus. And somehow she was able to make this miraculous recovery with the help of doctors in Pakistan and in Great Britain. And she did. you? I mean, I am going to write the Nobel Peace Prize and say, did you happen to see the Diane Sawyer special? I know. So she just got robbed is what you're saying, Julie. I mean, did you hear her address to the United Nations? It's fine. I I even caught her with Jon Stewart on The Daily Show. She does it all, that Malala. <laughs> really, that is quite a range. Most people have no range. Most of these Nobel Prize winners, they do one thing exceedingly well, but they got no range. I mean, Malala has range. She is, she is without a doubt one of the most inspirational people walking on earth. Yes. And I mean, that... You just want to be a better person when you listen to her talk, don't you? I mean, I think that's the that's the effect that she has on people is that she is able to sort of transcend, you know, look at look where she came from, look at what look at what she has dealt with, how brave she is and but she has transcended that and broken through on a on a global stage with a message of peace to all ages. You know, right. she is as effective talking to teenagers as she is talking to, well, the Satellite Sisters, who I pretty much cry at the drop of a hat. So almost now at this point, anytime she shows up anywhere, I start to cry. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, so that's the thing. So the Organization for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons, very fine group that they are trying to, through treaties and inspection, 
get rid of all the chemical weapons in the world. So good luck. That with seems that. like a good idea. Yes, it does. It's a very fine idea. It's very consistent with the Nobel Peace Prize. But I, I just, I, it seems like it was a default award this year. That's really, I, I don't think, number one, they haven't gotten rid of all the chemical weapons. It's just started. They've got a lot of work to do in Syria. And here was this global star that, and I think everyone in the world wants to, wants to have, wants to be inspired. And so not to give it to her, I think is a big mistake. So I, I'm just saying, I'm going to award Malala the Satellite Sisters of the Week. Oh, because yes. you know, Nice choice, just Julie. Imagine, mm-hmm. Just really, really imagine if she was here every day with us doing this podcast. Just no matter what she said, we would all be better people. And everyone that listened to our show would be a better person because of that. So she is our Satellite Sister of the Week. That's what we will keep a spare chair for you, Malala, anytime you want to come by. To any of our respective bedrooms <laughs> where we where we produce this podcast, there's always a seat for you, Malala. Can I say a couple of other things about the Nobel Prizes? So first of all, the Peace Prize. You're right, Julie. The Organization for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons won the prize, and they certainly have their work cut out for them. But I was shocked here on the news last night. Somebody commented that the $1.2 million prize they get will be really helpful because the Organization for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons has no actual funding. They're in the process of going out and finding the money so they can go find the chemical weapons in Syria. And it just struck me like, really? The Organization of Prohibition of Chemical Weapons is pretty much operating like the Santa Monica High volleyball team, right? So we're we're having the brownie bake sale on the corner of 16th and Montana because we need to go to a tournament. They're, they, they're given the hardest job in the world. Then they have to go raise the money to do the hardest job in the world. And when they get a windfall, like the Nobel Peace Prize, they don't even get to have a little fun with it. They have to Spend it on going and finding chemical weapons in Syria. In Syria, (laughs) right? Not even in like the Bahamas. I mean, (laughs) sister, certainly. Well, the kind of people that go to work for the organization for uh, for uh, against chemical weapons, they tend to be people. They're not really like party people. You know what I mean? I mean, so they would want to put the money to good use. But it is a little shocking, Liz. That That um, that sampling. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSisters at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. (laughs) In their skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils, I love it all. That duo they have going. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the Mega Moisture Duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer, and it just delivers this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. 
youthfulness, yeah. a youthful yeah. glow is going to happen. <laughs> and it's a, infused with Osea's signature Undarius seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself <laughs> because you're worth it. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code Sad Sisters. So this is it. This is a win-win-win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at oseamalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Liz, you know we love talking about FrameBridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting FrameBridge experience. Would I, I you did. like to share? Would you like you know, to? I know I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids. And one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already frame-bridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the frame-bridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and FrameBridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but FrameBridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you are like... going to be happy, okay? <laughs> That's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or see a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's FrameBridge.com. Thanks, FrameBridge. But they have to pass the hat that it's not a permanently funded kind of effort. So um, so that raises issues for them. And then also we should mention that the winner of the Nobel Prize for Literature is the great short story writer Alice Monroe from Canada. So good for her. She is 82 years old. And uh, but he, I think this creates kind of a career dilemma for her because she announced earlier in the year that she's retiring. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you retire. You think you're going to kick back. I don't know. Play a little golf. I don't know what Alice had in mind. But uh, then you then you get the Nobel Prize for literature. Wouldn't you think that would put a lot of pressure on you to like do a little more work? Like maybe. OK, now that I have the Nobel Prize, can I have to crank out another story or two? It's just like <laughs> just when you thought you were retired, 
you get this giant pressure to keep at it. What, uh, what would you do? Would you just take the money and say, thank you, Eli, sort of a like career achievement award? <laughs> Here's what I think. I think this is brilliant. It's the literary equivalent of the walk-off home run. You know, oh, I, okay. I think it is everybody's retirement dream. Boom. You win the World <laughs> Series, you're done. Boom. You win the no- That's it. Not going to write another word. I did it. Won the Nobel Prize. Fantastic. I hope she does not write another word. Not even a tweet. <laughs> it's her prize think- money and her incredible body of work, and she does whatever she wants. You can retire to Florida where it's nice and warm. But, you know, it's funny, though. They could not find her. Um, the Nobel, P- uh, Nobel uh, Committee could not find Alice Monroe to tell her that she had won the award that apparently she did not pick up the phone when they called. Yes, because unlike most of those people, she's not sitting around waiting for the call from Stockholm, right? <laughs> we I were mean... ready. We were ready. That's the best <laughs> You know Jonathan Franzen is ready, right? Oh, yeah. Please. There are people that are just waiting by the phone. And, you know, when they don't get their Genius Award from the MacArthur people last month and they don't get their Nobel Prize this month, they, it's a dark winter for them. But I do not feel like Alice Monroe was in that category. She was, I'm sure she was not aware of the date. So congratulations to her. It actually is an incredible honor. And, Leanne, I hope you're right. Yeah. I hope she sees this not as – a word. Like, I don't want to yeah. hear another word from Alice Monroe. Walk off home run. <laughs> So where we all want to go. <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, I was doing something interesting this week. I was at an innovation summit, and uh, it was here in Pasadena, which is quite shocking, that they were looking at the future here in a place where people don't think is very forward-thinking. But, no, the future was happening right in my own backyard this week. And I wanted to give you a report from the future because <laughs> I know you're all interested in what's happening. And sure. He- here was the premise of this summit. Um It was put on by Pasadena Magazine, the one I'm writing for now. Uh, But the idea was combining um, design and technology and innovation. And so it was really geared towards people who were doing entrepreneurial work in the area of product design or tech design. And it was a co-production of Caltech which is here in Pasadena, and the Earth Center College of Design, which is a world-famous design school. Uh, if you drive a car, for instance, chances are an Art Center student designed it for you. Um, so it was a fantastic conglomeration of people, everyone from Bill Gross, who runs Idea Lab, which was the first uh, business incubator in the United States, to the president of Virgin Galactic, uh, who is also not oh, Richard, cool. not Richard Branson, but the CEO of Virgin Galactic, which, who knew, is headquartered uh, right above the Patagonia store in Pasadena. Who knew that? I, I had no idea. Like, they're <laughs> building the rocket ships out in Mojave in the desert, but the design studio is right here in Pasadena. So it was a series of talks, and the people in the audience, can I just say, sisters, I don't usually say things like this, but um, honest to goodness, the best-looking collection of men I have ever seen assembled in one room in Pasadena. I don't <laughs> Really? I can't. It was, is that the future? Are you promising us that's the future? It was an interesting combination of like serious product designers, you know, venture capitalists and angels, investment angels, and then these tech guys, the guys with the PhDs and stuff. All I can say is it was a good looking crowd of men. And next year I'm going to bring our sister Sheila, who is single. And uh, <laughs> I think she would enjoy it. I'm not sure she would understand it, but I think she would enjoy it. So, <laughs> The, the future is not really her thing. No. <laughs> no, it's not, Liz. <laughs> 
the next hour, that's her thing. Um, okay, so here are just four notes from the future that I want you guys to, to hold on to. Note number okay. one, microbiotics. Note number two, Mach 6. Note number well, three, disruption. And note mm-hmm. number four, Jim Dolan was right. Okay. <laughs> All so right, well, are you going to explain these to us one by one now? I totally will. Okay. Yeah. Microbiotics, Liz. Uh, there was a speaker who had done the giant big data project that Kaiser Permanente um, just completed a couple years ago. Uh, it took – it was a billion-dollar big data project, you know, coordinating all of their information, from patient information to doctor information to hospitals, all of their records. It's one of the biggest big data projects that's ever happened in the U.S., if not the biggest. And it's been a big success. And this was the guy who coordinated it. And he really is a future thinker. And so he told us that the future of medicine, the future of healthcare, is microbiotics. In other words, gut flora. Okay? <laughs> gut flora. Really? So, oh, no, Jamie, so Jamie Lee Curtis is right? She's totally right. And last week I announced on the show, didn't I, Julie, that I yes, was embarking on a probiotic diet because I had the MRSA scare, massive doses of antibiotics, and I felt like something was wrong. And I felt like my whole system was off. I couldn't pinpoint it, but I thought it had something to do with my gut flora, Liz. And <laughs> Liz, I was totally right. He said really? the future of healthcare is in our bellies. He said the research that is coming out of the microbiotic area, which is gut flora, uh, is overwhelming. They're linking things like multiple sclerosis to the bacteria in your belly. There's a direct connection between the quality of your bacteria in your belly and your overall health care. And if we're going to solve the future of health care, particularly obesity, we got to get the gut flora balance right. Is there even a test for that? How do they know? I'm like, what, what? we do now. I'm now. Should I? Yeah. What do we do about get that? Some, start. I to start with the probiotics, Liz, and I'll keep okay. you posted. I mean, okay, I okay. Doctor Lynn. All Liz, right. I just was really astounded. Like he runs huh. like the future of Kaiser Permanente, a giant healthcare system, and he said this is where we are like focusing our research, and they're acquiring companies. Anybody that's doing something interesting in microbiotics, they're trying to acquire because that's what they think. I pass it along for what it's worth. Uh, it does sound like something you could actually do something about. Yes. You which, know, you could just eat the right thing and it would change the mix in your gut. It's not like you need some fancy machinery. No. And here's, well. You're excited <laughs> about that, aren't you, Liz? There's no exercise involved. <laughs> okay. Well, Liz, the fact that eating to... is the solution is promising. Uh, I just want you to know that what you need to eat is fermented vegetables. Okay, that's where gut flora comes from. So I'm happy to report that when I announced I was fermenting my own sauerkraut, we got Kyra Sundance, Satellite Sister Listener, on board. She's also fermenting her own vegetables now. So, and yes, Kyra, we have a little kimchi club going on, yes, right? Yes. Satellites. Kyra and Kyra is like a celebrity dog trainer. So she knows a lot, Liz. So she's yes. on my microbiotic board. I mean, okay. I'm starting out with some sauerkraut, but that's the future. Okay, Mach 6. Okay, Mach 6. Mach Here's six. what I want you frequent flyers to know. What? When, uh, first of all, going into space on Virgin Galactic sounds awesome. I mean, I'm not going because I could never take the two-hour trip, but the lead-up to it looks fantastic. The CEO, Virgin Galactic, took us on like a virtual space trip, which spa- starts at the spaceport 
in New Mexico. This is the best looking airport you've ever seen, the spaceport. I would like to go just for the four-day training session at the spaceport because it looks fantastic. And then the whole flight into space for which you are going to pay $250,000 takes two hours. And you are actually in space for a few minutes. (laughs) But isn't that just the thing where you're like floating or you achieve weightlessness and everybody gets sick. They call it the vomit comet, at least the Air Force training plane. They do that. That part of it does not sound that fun to me. That's it, Liz. Well, weightlessness, come on. How much would you pay? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that would be good. That seems tied to your first point. This seems like another... Gut check of some kind. Yeah. Okay, but let's get to Mach 6. So then someone asked him, well, what is space flight going to look like 20 years from now? Because there were, like, some high school kids in the audience. And uh, he said he expected the cost to drop. So if you want, like, commercial space flight is supposed to start next year, 2014. They're going. Uh, Virgin Galactic, their first flights. Uh, they've sold 1,000 tickets at $250,000. Uh, it should be dropped to about $20,000 by then. But here's the exciting thing for you guys. He said he expects commercial planes to be going at Mach 6 in 20 years. That means, Liz, good news for you, you could go to Tokyo for lunch and back in a single day. <laughs> See, actually, that's not good news because that's what, what will happen to business is they will send people to Tokyo and back in one day. And right. then you will have to go to France the next day. Mm-hmm. So, right. it's Imagine like- your frequent flyer miles, though, girls. Come on. Yes. You'd be like ultra-platinum. <laughs> So that so instead of going to space, if that's not your thing, you can just go really fast to Tokyo. So okay. I was astonished by that, frankly. Uh, all right. Point number three, disruption. All right. I, I did not know that the goal of all startup businesses now is to disrupt things. You oh, yeah. To- this is the hot <laughs> phrase, Leanne. Oh, yeah. This is it. It's not mm-hmm. just about making the status quo better. It's about disrupting things and changing people's lives. And they made the point that uh, Bill Gross from Idealab, who's started 100 startups, um, literally, he made the point that it's just as much work to do, uh, to create a business that kind of goes halfway as it is to create a business that really disrupts the status quo. And Liz, I found this true in my own life. Um <laughs> In what way? Yeah. So what disruption have you been cooking up over there? Well, here's here's what I've found. When we have to have my in-laws over for dinner, uh, no, I enjoy having my in-laws over, but we go through the same process of cleaning the bathrooms, cleaning the house, planning the menu, going shopping uh, for two people. And after they leave, every time I say, we should have invited more people. It's just as much work to have two people over for dinner as 10 people. So I don't know anything about disruption. I don't know anything about disruption, but I can tell you, cleaning a bathroom is cleaning a bathroom, Liz. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So So the true disruption would be if you could figure out how to have your your in-laws over without having to do any of that in advance. (laughs) I I have no solution to that, but that's the killer app, right? No, 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 Liz. Liz, you don't really have in-laws, so you don't know. Really, the killer app would be no in-laws over (laughs) for dinner. That's Julie talking, by the way. Uh, Just want to make that clear. All right. And then point four, Jim Dolan was right. Okay. Part of this innovation summit was a really interesting fast pitch by three startup businesses trying to get funding. And so we got to hear three different pitches. uh, And then we got to vote on the one that we thought was the most fundable. And there there was one company that um, created three-dimensional artwork, uh, custom-made artwork from your photograph. 
on interesting surfaces like wood and metal and things like that. There was another company that used 3D printing to create custom-made sleep masks for people suffering from sleep apnea. And then the third company was uh, a, a company that had designed an executive electric bike, and they were selling them in fleet sales to companies and businesses and for uh, sort of sharing, all right? Now, um, do you remember uh, in 1979 when, as we have eight kids in our family, of course, the boys are the two oldest, and my parents bought them cars. And then my father came home one night with a single moped for the five girls. Yes. <laughs> remember? Okay. I, I do recall. That was a period yeah. of intense sharing. Yeah. I mean, he was on the cutting edge of the whole bike sharing program, Liz. When this guy <laughs> pitched his idea, I was like, this is what my father did in 1979. He bought us one freaking pooch moped. He put it in the garage and he said, you guys figure it out. <laughs> and we used that moped for 10 years to get us back and forth. Yes. Uh-huh. To great... And, you know, we lived in cold Connecticut yeah. where it really, really is not moped weather many no. months of the year. Yeah. Right. It's not exactly like we're on the Isle of Capri, right. you know, zipping around in our Capri pants on our moped. Right. Or they they have sold hundreds of these electric bikes to, for instance, they wouldn't say the name of the company, but it was clearly Google uh, because a lot of their employees commute only five to seven miles to work. Uh, parking spaces and traffic are huge issues on the Google campus. So they were making the point it's cheaper for Google to buy hundreds of these bikes and distribute them to their employees than to have to actually provide parking spots for them. Uh, so that's the kind several Hollywood studios are fleet sales where they use, you know, the studios are big. So people use the bikes. They're much cheaper to maintain, uh, than the carts, for instance. But frankly, Jim Dolan was right. He was doing this in 1979. We could have made a fortune. I know he had a lot of good ideas. That was a very lively era. That's when he also invented light beer. Yes. And, and. And the peanut butter and jelly restaurant, Liz. (laughs) That's true. Only PB&J. There is still potential in that idea. I know. So uh, that's that's the big notes from the future that our dad was completely right in 1979. All right. We're going to take a break. We're the Satellite Sisters. Up next, what is your worry set point? Get your pen and paper ready because Liz is going to give us a quiz from Oprah Magazine. And you can figure out what your worry set point is. Stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. back with the Satellite Sisters. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, still coming up in the show, we have Julie's Picks and Pans and Cranky Mom is going to make an appearance. But first, Liz, you found a quiz at Oprah Magazine that you wanted to share with us. Well, we know how we love quizzes. I mean, they're just like, there's nothing better than a magazine quiz. I know. They're great. And, yeah. And oh, the, oh, the Oprah Magazine does a particularly good job with quizzes because they seem worthy and worthwhile and like you're actually going to learn something about yourself from it, as opposed to, say, your Cosmo quiz, where <laughs> not, not so much. So I was enjoying the current issue of Oh, the Oprah Magazine. Um, it's all about how to stop worrying and start living. O's Guide to Serenity Now. So you're yeah. in, right? Once okay. you see that on the cover, I am sold. So the O quiz is, what's your worry set point? 
Worrying isn't so bad if you can do it in a productive way. The first step is to determine how you are wired for fretting. So I'm going to ask you two of these questions, and then I will give you your scores at the end. People break into four categories. Uh, A is the avoider. B is the wise worrier. C is the one-track worrier. And D is called the catastrophizer. <laughs> so so okay. we will see where you end up on these. So are you ready? Do you have your pens out? You I have do. To write, you have I'm to write down to. Your, your own answers. Okay. Number one, how much do you worry? Answer, first answer, I don't really. Things are what they are. Two, it's more of an ebb and flow than a constant thing. Three, some friends might say I'm a worry wart and I'm inclined to agree with them. D, all the time. Okay, so got your answer to that? Yes. yes. Moving on. Uh, question two, the third grisly crime segment in a row comes on the news. How do you react? A, continue listening absentmindedly. There's nothing I can do anyway. B, turn off the TV. One person can only take so much doom and gloom. C, turn up the volume. Better to be informed. And D, oh my God, I'm certain the next home invasion, bridge collapse, hurricane is going to happen to me. Okay, got your answer? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Three, good quality sleep. Are you getting it? A, yes, most nights I zonk right out. B, I sleep soundly on nights when I make a mental list of things that are bothering me and resolve to deal with them in the morning. Oh, for goodness sake. No, no, really, <laughs> seriously. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to butt, butt in. Go ahead. No, I'll be shocked if there's a single human that does that. But <laughs> it, it does seem like a good idea. Yes. It's, good, it's a good suggestion. Mm -hmm. um, see, I toss and turn and often wake up in the middle of the night, feel, and I'm not sure how I'm going to catch up. And D, my stomach is usually in knots. I'd give anything to stay in bed, uh, to stay in the comfort and safety of my bed. Question five. You're typically okay, if, you, if you answer that one, you should just stop the quiz right now and go directly <laughs> to a therapist. <laughs> they just you think you can diagnose someone who stays in bed all day as having a larger issue than a yeah. quiz can solve? Yes, I do. Liz. <laughs> okay. I think that's probably true because then you're neither half full nor half empty. You're just completely the the glass is broken. You're underwater. You're underwater. Yes. <laughs> I'm really under the covers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting <laughs> rave reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair mm -hmm. because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. I, do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Leon Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when I, my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. 
okay, pros, you, you're the boss. I'll take it. <laughs> you tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay. And I'm, I'm using it. Pros isn't just better for you. It's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos, too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Liz, summer is coming up and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leon. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what uh what what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just gonna buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. Butcher Box gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's a hundred percent grass fed beef, free range organic chicken pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Number five, you're typically drawn to TV shows like A, anything on Bravo. I like having something light at all times. B, modern family. It's good to take a laugh break from the drama of everyday life. C, anything on CNN. I need to know everything that's going on in the world. And D, doomsday preppers. These people are on the right track. Okay, just as a side note, I actually work on that show. So that is is a National Geographic Channel show. You will learn some important things watching that show. C, you see a fraudulent charge on your bank statement. What do you do? Like, my first answer to that one was, Looking at your bank statement, there's something I never do. That's, okay. That would be a good idea. Yeah. I know, and I know you've had the identity we theft. Yeah. I know. Okay. But that's not what we're dealing with here. No. So you see a fraudulent charge on your bank statement. What do you do? A, distract myself with Pinterest. I'll wait for the bank to call. <laughs> 
call me about it. I think that answer is the equivalent of not looking at all, right? Yeah, it is. So that's, that's the answer. That, I gave myself an A on that one. Uh, that's the same person who's staying in bed all day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, B, call to see how I can get the charge reversed. C, think of all the ways I should have been better prepared for this problem. D, go into panic mode. All my money is going to be wiped out and I will never get it back. Oh, that's a big D for me on that one. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, and this is the final question. Uh-huh. Finish this sentence. If I score a plum assignment at work, my knee-jerk reaction is A, wow, didn't see this coming. B, my hard work paid off. C, uh-oh, that means something bad is probably about to happen. <laughs> Nothing stays good for long. And D, it's because I'm hyper-conscientious. Now I really can't let anyone down. Okay? Oh, so I'm you got that? On that I'm, a, I'm none of the above, but okay, I'll have to. <laughs> you have to pick one. My, my first response is, oh, my God, does that mean I'm going to have to, like, get showered and groomed <laughs> and leave the house? <laughs> so used to working home alone. <laughs> Wait, I have to interact with people? Mm. Okay. Okay. So the answers are: if your responses were mostly A, B, C, or D, you tell me that. You just have to judge which category did you generally fall in, and then I tell you what your worry mo is. Okay, I'll go first. This is Julie. I was generally a C, veering to a D. <laughs> So you're somewhere in between the one-track worrier and the catastrophizer. That, that would be me. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So um, let me read you about the catastrophizer because uh, this is the worst-case scenario. Oh, and here's what it says. Your worry MO. You are the worst-case scenario queen. <laughs> <laughs> You forget your sunscreen and decide you're going to get cancer. Your boss pings you a see-me email, and you're ready to start packing your office. One study found that roughly 80% of the things many of us worry about never Chance of rain, right? Uh -huh. or, uh -huh. you know, so that's, yes. I okay. feel like, I'm, you know, staying de hunched down, ready to, to take the onslaught, that can help a lot. Okay. Well, would you like to know how to worry better? Because, oh, the Oprah magazine can tell you. Yes, I would. Okay. Yes. How to worry better. Introduce a little perspective, Julie. Uh, okay. So Chansky suggests asking yourself the million-dollar question. If someone offered you a million dollars to predict what is most likely to happen, what would you say? If your boss sends you a terse email, do you really think you're going to get fired? Probably not. As soon as you begin to practice more level-headed reasoning, the worst possible scenarios will come right off the table and you won't be stuck in a state of perpetual high alert. Okay. All right. So I'll just be more the one track warrior. Well, right? yes. <laughs> okay. Cause I'm now, yeah, I just, I just don't see myself watching Bravo full time. So I, I I'm never going to go that far. <laughs> You're never going to be an A yeah, or even really fall into the B so much. So Leanne, how about you? A, B, C, or D? I was a B, C. So I had three B's and three C's. Oh, okay. So let's talk about the, the B, uh, the wise worrier. Uh, this is what experts refer to as the worry sweet spot. Oh, because, yeah. Because oh. people in this group have learned to use anxiety to their advantage without letting it run their life. So for you, it means you're using it to your advantage and you're only occasionally letting it run your life yeah. when, you're, when you're in the C one-track warrior track. I think that's a fair assessment. 
Okay. Most warriors hear only one track in their head. This will end badly track. <laughs> People who can stop and fact check their anxieties to determine if a problem is worthy of their time are better able to react and let things go. Leanne. Okay. I'm going to try it. Although I am like in the case of Lasix eye surgery, I do believe I am in that 1% where the guy will sneeze when he's doing the <laughs> surgery. So I'm never going to get it, you know? So I have some one-off areas of catastrophizing, but in general, I feel like I am a wise warrior. I don't know. When I hear the phrase, let things go, you're not really the person yeah. that comes to mind. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but you are, you are a wise warrior. You like, you pay attention to the things that are important to you. Yes. I like so, to be prepared. You'd be surprised what I let go. Uh, you, have, you know, and then that's different. Worry is different than just stressing out about, you know, the centerpieces. Yeah. That's, I don't worry about centerpieces, but I stress out about like Thanksgiving tableware. Yeah. <laughs> But it's not worry, right? Do you have an, earth, you have an earthquake kit? I'm yeah. worried about it. I have yeah. an earthquake kit, and occasionally I sort of panic. And like the other day, with the, my son left his car on empty, and I said, you really can't do that where we live. You have to have your car full, you know, because of earthquakes. I mean, I know it seems extreme, but. <laughs> it's not extreme in my world. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I know. I never thought of that. Yeah. You shouldn't let your car go down, because what if there's an earthquake, Liz, and you have no gas? Okay. <laughs> okay. Cash. You need cash as well. Yes. I hope you both would get some cash. Yes. yes. Oh, I thought I, I, in my the back of my car, I have water for me and dog food for Ferris. That's my entire escape plan in the, <laughs> in the event of an earthquake. So, And four years worth of mail from the Satellite Sisters post office box <laughs> in Santa Monica. Four years so, of undelivered mail. So where did you end up, Sister Liz? I ended up mainly B, but a little bit of A. I do have a tendency to just avoid some things and just not think about it at all, figuring this too shall pass. So it, uh, it takes a lot to get you worked up, but not because you're generally cool as a cucumber. Your relaxed attitude is more like a cover-up for feeling powerless. <laughs> <laughs> so that is more of a, I can't do anything about it anyway. Right. And I actually think that helps me a lot at work. I noticed there are a lot of people at work that the moment a problem arises, they attempt to fix it. And I have learned over the years that most of these problems really do just go away. Give it 48 hours, people, and nobody's going to care anymore. And that- yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I, hope, I hope you don't run for office, Liz, because that apparently <laughs> is what that is what our, our government, our Congress is doing. Yeah. They just like they've walked away from it. So. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, there's something about email culture yes, that okay. I believe has trained people th- to think that every little thing needs to be addressed the moment you read the message. And that is just not true, Julie. That is me- maybe we could all just stop and think about things a little bit more, maybe actually have a phone conversation or even, God forbid, face to face. So I'm more about the let's take a deep breath. Let's really think about this than I am about either instant reaction or total avoidance. Just perspective. So the Leon, so the wise warrior, would you like to know how to worry better? Sure. Okay. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Okay. <laughs> what it says. While grim headlines will sometimes threaten to amp up your stress level, remember there's always an off button. We often forget that we have a choice about what we pay attention to. That is really true. That, well, that is, is yeah. true. Anyway. I learned something. Thank you, Liz. This is good. Okay. Well, that's the October issue of Oh, the Oprah Magazine. Uh, we can post that on our um, the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. If you want to take that quiz yourself, yeah, you really, 
you really do learn something every time. Thanks, Oprah. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey, sisters, it's time now for the Cranky Mom Report, okay? I had a situation develop this week. I, I need to get your feedback, whether I'm just being cranky or whether I should just let it go or whether there's some issue here. Okay, here's the situation. You're familiar with this sales technique. I happen to be wandering through anthropology. You know, that nice store that's got all that sort of young, fun stuff, you know, uh, totally inappropriate for me. But anyway, there it was. I don't understand that store. I have never bought one single thing in there. I don't get it. Oh, they have some cute things in there, Leanne. And I was wandering around, trying to kill time. And I really wasn't shopping for anything. But I I thought, hey, they have some cute sweaters. And, uh, you know, all the salespeople, when I was in there, they were like, wow, hi, how are you today? They have this very personal style, like, oh, hey, good to see you. They don't come up and say, may I help you? They have this very warm, sort of friendly style. And so I was holding up um, uh, two sweaters. Uh, One was uh, purple and one was white. And the sales girl sort of walked on by and she said, hey, that's my favorite sweater. I said, really? Really? And I I was... (laughs) I was <laughs> you you fell for that? I did, Liz. Okay, I was feeling so good. I mean, it just Validated. made me yeah. It made me want to buy the sweater because obviously I want to please the sales girl, right? I like <laughs> who is a total stranger. Right, yeah. But, good uh, use of your emotional energy. Okay. I'm a pleaser and and the fact that she th- saw me as clever enough to pick out the her favorite sweater in the whole store, I I was just really happy about that. It's, you know, it's the same as when you go to a restaurant and have you ever had a waiter, you order, you order the chicken and he says, oh, good choice. Good choice. You know, like, like you are, you know, you made the right choice. You're on the inner circle in terms of your food selection, you know, like heaven forbid you should order the pasta and he goes, you know, or something like that. But it's just, so my question is this sales technique, this validation, you know, it really, it's, it is sort of a rotten trap, isn't it? I mean, it is really, when I thought about it, like this girl, I'm sure that's not even her favorite sweater. I'm sure she was just. You think? <laughs> it's my favorite sweater right now, today, because you're holding it up. Of the ones you're holding up, it's my favorite. <laughs> I'm surprised, Julie, that as strong and as powerful a person as yourself yes. feels validated by some 20-year-old <laughs> sales clerk at a store that, like, they're, you're not even their target consumer. No, don't ta- okay. don't take this personally, but, you know, there's a, uh, I'm just surprised you find that positive because whenever someone says that to me or the same with the waiter scenario, I got to say, I'm kind of like, really? I'm, you think I'm falling for that? I just don't, I don't find that convincing at all. I, mm-mm. you say so you don't think I was having like an honest exchange with this girl. Like she really, no. Okay. Well, all right. I think it's her job to make you feel good about purchases that you're considering. And she was doing an excellent job. So there's nothing wrong with her doing that. And, you know, it might've been the perfect choice for you, Julie. I'm not saying it's not. Did you but, get the purple or white one? Well, I, I did buy the purple sweater, Leanne. But I that's didn't even my color. Why? That's my color. <laughs> I know. I, I I wanted to say, well, why don't you like the white one? Because that's the colors I usually buy. I always buy white sweaters. I don't buy <laughs> sweaters. I don't know. Well, see, but that's why it made, made me cranky. I was like, I got totally duped in this store. Okay. <laughs> 
I don't know. I, I think when you say totally duped, that sounds like more effort than she actually put into it. <laughs> That's because Julie's a worrier, Liz. She's catastrophized her spreader purchase. <laughs> this is that is this is the story I'm going with when I tell my husband when he sees this sweater and he said, "Where did you get that sweater?" I'm going with I got totally duped. That ain't the <laughs> that they have evil people in that store. And they, it's like a mind game. <laughs> All right. Stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. We're going to take a quick break. Coming up after the break, we have Julie's Weekly Picks and Pans uh, in food and television. So stay with us. And then Liz is going to give us a social media roundup for this week on Satellite Sisters. back for the Satellite Sisters wrapping up the show for this week. Remember, you can always find us at SatelliteSisters.com. We'd love to be your Facebook friend. So you can find our open group at Satellite Sisters or our closed group, <laughs> whichever whichever one you want. Whichever. It's called a fan page. Fan Liam. page. It's not closed. I know. I know. Well, I just hate the word fan. They're listeners. Yeah. So there are people. Our people page uh, is also available at, Satell- at Facebook, too. All right, Julie, picks and pans. People are loving okay. this segment. So what do you got this week? Okay, well, I'm going to start with my pan. Okay, I read this, that this is the new fall orange food. So move <laughs> over pumpkin. That's, it's not pumpkin. And get out of the way butternut squash. Are you ready for it, sisters? The new fall orange food is cantaloupe. That's right. You're supposed to eat roasted cantaloupe, grilled cantaloupe, hot cantaloupe soup. No. Hot cantaloupe soup. I could see myself doing that. Okay, that's disgusting. It is gross. Because you have to move over. This is not right, okay? This This is my pan for the week. No, cantaloupe is a summer melon. It is not a fall food, okay? Okay, pumpkin, butternut squash, you're still in charge. Okay, can we talk about my pick for the week? You know, sometimes it's a book, sometimes it's a movie. This week, I have a television show. It's called Borgen, B-O-R-G-E-N. Now, it's a Danish show. Now, wait a minute, stick with me. I know I just said a Danish show. (laughs) But this is a Danish one-hour political drama series. And here's the best part about this, that this is kind of like, Oh, West Wing, Liz, which was, I know, one of your favorite shows. Yes. But the main character is a female, and she is a charismatic politician, and she somehow ends up as prime minister of Denmark, okay? And so it's a lot of uh, political intrigue. There's an ambitious news anchor who's trying to get the prime minister. Okay, it does have it does have subtitles, okay, but you don't even notice it. This is a great series. <laughs> because your Danish is so good or what? <laughs> no, it's because Leon, the female character is strong, she's sexy, she's smart. You just want to uh, you do, it's a fun show. So Borgen, that Borgen. is fun. Where, where okay, do you find sounds, that? Where do you find that like- show? You can find that it's PBS runs a series there. So you can watch it there. You can watch it on Hulu. So there are lots of places that you can now watch Borgen. It's in its third, um, third season. So I'm a little late on the bandwagon, but I'm just, it's my pick of the week. So it's sort of like a Danish veep, right? No, Liz, because that's, no, that's kind of, um, 
funny and comedy. Uh, uh, oh, com this isn't a comedy? This is it's a drama, Liz. There's oh. intrigue. There's backstabbing. There's there's sex. There's romance. It's got it all, Liz. You're going to love it. Borgen. Okay. Veep has all that, too. And <laughs> it's in English. Okay. I, I just I don't think the Danish are that funny, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> it never struck me as a I have to get over that they're Danish. Okay. Just just I uh, just okay. trust me. Just try it, please. Okay. Don't, stay away from the cantaloupe soup, but try Borgen. All right, Julie, I have one for you because I actually discovered it when I was at your house a couple weeks ago and I couldn't sleep because of the time change. Betrayal on ABC. This is Ooh. it's like the good wife with a lot more sex, basically. It's set in Chicago and it's definitely just a nighttime soap opera. It's about like two people who have this rapid affair and then like of course they have a million sort of friends in common and their lives cross many, many times. But it features Stuart Townsend and you're gonna look at it and go, Who is that guy? He looks vaguely familiar, but wow, is he good looking. He used to date uh, Charlize Theron. They were oh, together for right. years. Oh, right. Yes. And he's an Irish actor, and he's done something with his hair. I don't know what it is, and it makes him look totally different, but he's fantastic in this. So if you're looking for a good soapy, soapy soap, uh, that does have adult content, so I don't want to hear from people. <laughs> I'm just warning you. Uh, betrayal on ABC, Sunday nights at 10 o'clock. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. All right. I know, Julie, I know you're looking for stuff. I know you're always looking. <laughs> thank you okay so picks and pans uh good good feature thank you for the julie can i just i'm just going to put this question in your head and we can deal with this on the next satellite sister show but we've been talking a lot about foods that are in foods that are out we had last several weeks lots of kale discussions mm -hmm. but i'm just starting to sense that kale is tailing off and i'm feeling like beets are the new kale Okay, so it's all of a sudden they're putting beets in everything. And so just think about that. And we can discuss later. Or if you want to email us at SatelliteSisters.com, our beets the new kale. I'm starting to worry about that, even for as light warrior as I, as I am. Liz, I've this week on Top Chef, someone actually tried to make a beet gumbo. Oh. Uh -oh. It, was a, it was a crime against gumbo, basically. Uh -oh. And he was uh, deservedly eliminated from the show for trying oh, to make a beet gumbo. Okay, but I'm not wrong, Manly. No, it's you're not. It's starting to creep in. <laughs> I, I just wanted to be the early warning system for the anti-beet people like myself. Oh, you know? I'm very pro-beet, though. I, I actually oh, no. think kale are the new beets, but uh, I, I, we've been on the beet bandwagon for quite a while. Here at our we house. have to stop the beat, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> okay, other things that we can do on social media. This is the power we have. We have the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. We have plenty of Twitter followers. We have a whole fitness challenge going on online. Here's a quick recap of what's happening in the social media world uh, for the entire Satellite Sisterhood. So, Leon, Allison Robertson Anderson posted on the Facebook group that she is channeling you in the worst possible way. And uh, Thanks, she, she, she didn't put it that way, but that's the way I take it because she believes that everything that goes wrong for you medically, she is now experiencing that. So she's had, she's had the MRSA staph infection thing. She's having several root canals now. Oh, you seem to have the ability, by just by saying out loud all of these medical issues you've had, 
um, to somehow bring Allison down. So she's worried about whether she's listening to too many podcasts. <laughs> well, first of all, that's not possible, Allison. I just, I'm warning you, Alan, Allison, fairly soon you won't be able to see anything. <laughs> you will lose the ability to read oh. because your eyesight will go. So if you're wondering what's next for you, Allison, that's it. <laughs> Okay, Allison, if you want to hang on to that eyesight, I suggest beats. That's what they say. Uh, okay, another thing happening on the Facebook group. Thank you so much for starting your own movement to nominate us for the People's Choice Award for the new podcast awards. There is a lot of voting going on and a lot of people on the Facebook group telling us that they are voting. So have at it. I think the deadline is October 15th. So please. More voting. That's good. We appreciate the fact that you started this movement on your own. Next, Leslie posted on the Facebook group a picture of Sandra Lee in, <laughs> in okay, the Durndal question that we've been dealing with a lot over the past three weeks on Satellite Sisters. Yes, I had to go to Munich for a business meeting. And yes, I had to wear a Durndal, uh, including the like boobs a lot shirt as part of that. And, you know, secretly I posted that to our Twitter feed. So if you still want to see that, you can join at Sat Sisters. But Leslie saw that Sandra Lee, who we all know, is the host of that food show. It's called Semi-Homemade Cooking. Right, Julie? Mm -hmm. So Sandra Lee, loud and proud in her dirndl. And uh, so good for her that she could uh, sort of sport that more publicly than I did. But heinous headgear on Sandra Lee, I would say. (laughs) So I looked at that photo and I was just so happy that the headgear was not part of my rental Durndal situation two weeks ago. Uh, So thank you for that, Leslie. And you know, it was the only comment on that Sandra Lee photo was what the farfig nougat. I mean, honestly. (laughs) And then um, Heather is loving having discovered Stitcher. So we've recommended Stitcher to you a lot. It's a super easy way. It's an app for your phone. It's a super easy way to listen to Satellite Sisters wherever you are and a lot of other good radio shows and podcasts. So she said her only problem now is that she's listening to so much Satellite Sisters on Stitcher that her phone is constantly out of juice. So uh, she's going to have to figure that out. I find the, uh, the car charger is the solution to that, Heather. So you'll get used to, as I have, to just plugging in your phone every time you get in your car. And she she sent the question in, Julie. You started the debate about whether urban chickens are still a thing. Yes. And she thinks there's <laughs> she thinks they're still a thing. She's you know, they might be peaking, but they're still a thing. So so that is that is the latest on that. Remember our Twitter feed is at Sat Sisters. We got a lot of retweeting and uh, Twitter answering. So we enjoy all of that dialogue with you. And we're pretty much always out there in the universe to, uh, to be part of the grander Satellite Sisterhood. So thanks, everyone, for all of your participation this week. All right, coming up on next Tuesday's show, sisters, I have good news. I am carrying on a great family tradition. Uh, this week, I wrote a strongly worded letter to the New York Times. And uh, so I didn't know people did that anymore. I thought since our father's passing that uh, nobody got all fired up like that. I have taken up the mantle. And on Tuesday's show, Julie, I'm going to tell you just exactly what I said. 
to the New York Times. <laughs> All right. We are the Satellite Sisters, Leanne, Liz, and Julie. Thanks for joining us. And as always, don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. Thank you.